It's the Green Umbrella Marketing Social Snippet Show. Welcome to this week's Social Snippet Show. Now, this particular week, when we went live on Facebook, I wasn't there. I was off doing a Facebook ads um, training course, uh, just you know, brushing up my knowledge, seeing what I'd forgotten along the way. This is one of the things when you're constantly studying and learning and looking out for what's new, you kind of forget some of the stuff that's been there since day dot. So it's a bit of a refresher for, for me. Um, Jane was out of the business as well because she was busy doing back to school stuff with the kids. Um, and so you've just got Mark, Amanda and Emily. And I have to say, I think it's a really, really good show to listen to. They talk about a few different things. Um, you know, subject of branding comes up and that they have a few things to share there, which I think are um, valuable and entertaining. Towards the end, Emily um, basically kind of says, you know, oh, I hope Christina's going to be proud of us. Well, I definitely was when I listened back. Um, it was a great, great show to listen to. So um, I'm hoping that you enjoy it as much as I did. So I'll leave you to it. Have a listen. Um, oh, yeah. right. hello. <laughs> hello, 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 Facebook, hello, LinkedIn. We are live. So it's, I don't know if it is where you are, guys, but it's certainly a little bit of a grey, drizzly old day here on the South Coast. So yeah. we are yeah. here bringing some sunshine, aren't we? <laughs> We're going to try. <laughs> Positivity, smiley faces. Yeah, <laughs> we were at the door when we found out that some of the GU team were on various courses and had appointments today, and it was just us three. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> so we've been let loose, haven't we? We've been let loose on Christina's LinkedIn. So um, if you're on LinkedIn, um, on Christina's feed, and can see us, so say hi. Um, and hopefully our Facebook friends will be joining us as well. If you see, so drop us a note, let us know you are with us. And of course, as usual, if you've got any marketing questions you can put them in the comments as well yeah so uh, right i need to press a button there oh no i don't want to show that um, <laughs> oh, no. you. we are using Streamyard, so if you post a comment i can bring it on screen so, <laughs> just demoing this new technology that we are using you were supposed to do that imagine weren't I you? Was, I was, it was so how, how is everybody this week um good yeah, good. Yeah. I feel like it's been one of those weeks where I have quite a lot to do and I start something, but then for whatever reason, I can't finish it. So now it's Thursday and I have quite a lot to do this afternoon and tomorrow. So I'm a bit stressed, but I think it will be fine. I'll find Yeah. Bank holidays, you just try and squeeze five days work into four, don't you? And it's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's the thing. So I was like... Like I, there's a couple of things that I needed to do that we didn't quite have the right accesses to and all this type of thing. So now I feel like I have to do everything in one day, but that'll be mm. fine. Apparently you work, I read an article, people work better under pressure. So <laughs> that's what I'm going Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. We're all good then, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Mark, Mark, did you say that we're not live on Facebook? Uh, unless it's just popped on. Ah, uh, uh, no, it's come up now. Oh, there up. you go. Yeah. It's fine. I'm Christina won't tell us now. <laughs> I've got it. Um, I don't know about you guys, but there's been a death. I feel like there's been a definite shift this week in kind of back to, well, it's obviously back to school this week. Mm. So you've only got to open up a Facebook feed and there's lots of pictures of smiley slash 
um not smiley children looking grumpy going back to school so yeah. um you can't miss that so it's back to school this week um it's a back to work for a lot of people who've been on holiday yeah or furlough back from furlough for a lot of people yeah. so yeah so what we've even though we're depleted today so we better tell everybody where where everyone is rather than just saying they're not here they're busy um because obviously they would love to be joining us but jane is um sorting out her her youngest um her little beloveds who are back to school this week so today and this week um yeah. and i think it's it's not straightforward you know we we are the non-parental ones in the group but from what i can gather there is lots of labeling of clothes and all sorts of things to contend with so it's not just here's your uniform off you go kids yeah, apparently um uh, jane was saying as well isn't it since so they're getting a a covid briefing that they get sent i don't know if that mm -hmm. applies across all schools like amanda said we don't have children but <laughs> i think yeah. i imagine it might i don't know but yeah i think it's a bit more complicated than yeah here's your lunchbox have a good day partially jane's not here because uh she will be then sending her children off waving them goodbye and then running around the house celebrating and opening the gin is yeah. there um, a video playing in the background? Because I can hear. Can anyone else hear that? Or is it I can hear an echo. I think it might be the sound of. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fine. One of that's our fine. I wasn't sure if I clicked on because I've got an article open. I suddenly panicked thinking it might be me, but it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you for checking, Emily. So. Um, <laughs> So that's where Jane is today, and we've got some. You know, we've we've as I said, we've certainly noticed the back to school, you know, back to work feel, haven't we? In the business, have you felt like more people are getting in touch with you, and you know, is it is it ramped up? Yeah, it's, it's this this week. There's been probably different inquiries coming in already, even though it's a short week. I think once we get that sort of bank holiday out of the way, then that always seems to be a catalyst anyway. Mm. Perhaps perhaps with the situation that we've coming out of anyway that'll even you know make things a bit more busy for, for a lot of people over sort of september and october as they start to get back to a bit of working normality if there is such a thing at the moment so mm. yeah fingers crossed it it continues yeah yeah, yeah. i think in, in general it sort of picks up around this time to it, mark and i know yeah. with um team and things they start having their their meetings again around now i believe yeah yeah i think i don't quite know what's happening like in terms of online and things but i think everything in general does start to ramp up before christmas yeah absolutely yeah so you're right event season kicks off again um so it'll be what will it be we'll have um different online events <laughs> coming up we've got a recruitment agency virtual expo coming up uh, for that sector which is always a biggie so what would be in-person events are are now kind of online. moving online yeah absolutely yeah um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how they they work obviously we've had a there were a couple that have already happened isn't there i think mm. did you go to one or i know there was yeah. one recently um, um i think, think a lot of things have come well. off over august so um so that's kind of made a made a bit of a difference um mm. and then it usually so ramp back and um you know we've had we've even though we are depleted today but you've got the four people um but we had so some of our social mediators who um technically run their own businesses um but they contract to us you know we, we put some work out to, to them and, and work with them and they're back so hi helen she's back from from voluntary furlough 
Um, so we're certainly back to full strength as well. So um, it's nice to have everybody, everybody back in the room. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christina um, is, she's not pondering. So if you watched last week, we uh, had a bit of a an in-depth kind of self-analysis last week, didn't we? Looking at Christina's personality profile and what that all meant. Yeah. Um, but she is not with us this week, but it's not because she's reflecting on that, Paul. Um, and she's not randomly out cuddling people. She is actually on a Facebook um, advertising course. So she's doing some professional development today. I'm just going to go I'm worried it's me that's causing the echo. <coughs> so, um, but yeah, so she's out doing some Facebook ads and we were just debating. So Emily, what, what would you say your level of knowledge on Facebook ads is? I'd say it was moderate to average. <laughs> no, I have moderate to average. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> no, I have um, a fair amount of experience in it, but it's something that I sort of dip in and out of here and there. Um, so I sort of, I know sort of the basis of obviously how to set up campaigns and ads and that type of thing and um, sort of the location settings and the regulations around the adverts, I guess. Um, but I gain all of my knowledge from Christina and Jane. So if I have a question, <laughs> I go to them. But I think it's something that, um, well, obviously, it's definitely something that has taken off recently. Um, from, from our experience, it does work very well. Um, we've sort of had, I know Christine always sort of says that she's trialed like the LinkedIn advertising and that type of thing. She hasn't seen as good results from that as she has from Facebook. Um, and from sort of campaigns and things that I've run for, for other clients, I've definitely found personally that Facebook works better. Um, it's much more targeted and, and, and you can sort of choose the locations and, and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I would say, Back to the question, moderate to average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would probably agree with you as well. I'm, I'm moderate, you know, sort of moderate level of knowledge on Facebook ads. Um, mm. I think, and funnily enough, I've been having a lot of conversations about this with people over the last, probably the last six weeks, two months. So, you know, maybe as people are looking really closely at business development for the, for the end of the year, how do they go about doing it? Because it is quite hard to grow a community or a following organically. So, you know, when we say organically, it's just kind of day-to-day -day posting, isn't it? So, um, yeah. you know, it's increasingly hard to do that without putting a bit of money behind it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, obviously we have our tactics and it's definitely possible, but I think if you want to have that extra push, then Facebook advertising has been proven to, to work very well. And if you have something specific that you, you do want to advertise, maybe it's a, a job vacancy or something like that, um, mm. it's definitely worth it, in my opinion, I think. Yeah. I I love how targeted you could be. Yeah. You can literally just drop a pin, as you say. So if you're doing um, some local work, or even it doesn't matter if you're a national business, sometimes it's, it's better to target people right on your doorstep because you can come up with some targeted imagery, drop a pin in Daventry or in Bristol or Birmingham, wherever you might be, yeah. choose a radius, choose demographics, you know, what people's interests are. So you can choose whether you want male, female, which age group. Mm. Um, obviously, if you're using it for a recruitment, you have to be really careful about being exclusive. So you need to make sure you are inclusive. You can't just try and market a job role to, to specific sectors. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I love, uh, yeah, how you can put in people's interests. So you can put in, if it's you know, if you're a gym or something or outdoor activities, you can say, I want people who are interested in hiking, nature, whatever it might be, which yeah. is, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
not within the business but obviously i use it for, for the band and things so mm. for, for actually promoting events so it can be as simple as essentially getting things out there to our own audience but also then yes using sort of either geographical filters if we're playing in a different location we can mm. you know go to that sort of area or you know interesting so if people are interested in a certain type of music we can target that as well and then sort of refine it down it definitely does help once once we're allowed yeah. out to play again as well yeah so, exactly. so it'll be a yeah something we will continue to use in the band anyway quite quite literally allowed out to play <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's a difficult situation at the minute because i think we're we're just a pub, <laughs> pub band so you know we're reliant on the pubs being able to fill out basically in terms of getting the numbers in there mm. so there's mm. a few little gigs happening acoustic gigs and things but they're very much obviously socially distanced mm. only a few people and it doesn't work for well perhaps a little bit more raucous bands like we perhaps are yeah, needs that vibe. Welcome, Val. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, so we're fans of Facebook marketing, and I think if you're, you know, if you're watching this and you haven't tried it yet, um, naturally it depends on your business sector and your audience. Yeah. So, you know, I guess our <laughs> advice is always if you are, you know, if you're a very corporate business, you're targeting kind of execs, um, <clears throat> maybe you're targeting sort of I don't know, high profile consultants and doctors. So typical audience that wouldn't spend a lot of time on Facebook, then no, it's probably not right for you, is it? Maybe LinkedIn is worth looking at, yeah. um, particularly if you've got high value items, I'd say. Yeah. So again, as you say, we, we don't always talk about getting a great ROI from LinkedIn adverts, but if that's the, your audience, your daily budget is much higher, isn't it, on LinkedIn than it is compared to yes, Facebook? Yes, it is, yeah. I think it's... Gosh, I can't remember now, but it's definitely a lot higher than it is on. Because they put on, on spot, I know. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, it's, I want to say ten pounds, but I think it's more than that. Uh, well, but, no, it's ten, you know, you're right. It's ten. I think it's ten dollars though, because it's US based, so it's ten dollars. So right. depending on the exchange rate, it's like seven or eight um, pounds on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. Minimum daily spend versus a pound on Facebook. So obviously, there's a big differential. But if your average cost per lead or, or average sale is thousands then why not why wouldn't you invest in facebook uh, in linkedin, LinkedIn sorry yeah yeah absolutely. i think like you said amanda if it, that's where your target audience is then obviously it does make sense but yeah it's just yeah. something that for the, the sort of types of advertising that we do necessarily it work, probably works better on facebook most of the time but then yeah. if we do have sort of, sort of like a level recruiter that does have a more high, high profile job then it's yeah. it's definitely worth looking into i think yeah absolutely so yeah. um so yeah, that's the long answer and debate around where Christina is today. So she's doing some of her continuous professional development and doing super advanced LinkedIn uh, Facebook advertising. Um, so we are, yeah, I think you and I are probably going to be hankering after what she's learned and seeing what we can. I know. I think with Facebook advertising, it's one of those things. I always find it's very difficult to say like Christina always says in marketing and social media, it's very difficult to claim that you're an expert in it because it's constantly evolving, it's constantly changing. Mm. And whilst I am confident in my level of knowledge and if someone asks me to do something and put together a campaign, I'd be able to work out and I'd be able to do it because I have done it before. I don't. I couldn't claim that I was an expert in it because there's so much to learn and there's so many changes. So you might mm. learn something and then, so say for instance, on the new Facebook layout, it 
completely different and you just have yeah. to navigate and learn your way around it again so yeah I think it's great sort of obviously that like Christina is is going to those things she's always been our fountain of knowledge for Facebook advertising <laughs> and Jane to be fair Jane's yes, very good Jane is, yeah, yeah she is good. very good super good at it as well so yeah yeah and you're right <laughs> and I think um you know people will talk about what they know works and what doesn't work um yeah. you know so funny enough I was having a discussion with somebody who said I was told that without fail you should put um emojis in your Facebook ads <clears throat> and I was a bit a bit hmm, you know cynical about that saying I wouldn't say without fail there's a time and a place yeah. you know, again if you if it's don't just jam a random emoji in there for the sake of it it's completely inappropriate exactly (laughs) I think it's um, about trial and error as well that's something that I found with Facebook is so quite often when I'm setting up ads I will run two ads consecutively maybe one with a still image one with a video or something like that and then I, they know you can just keep going in can't you and just checking which one's yeah. doing better and you can always turn off the one that isn't doing as well so yeah. maybe test that theory if, if it is appropriate put in a few emojis and see if that one does better and if it mm. does then you know that your yeah. audience likes emoji that's <laughs> it well that's it and that's the yeah. beauty of it as you say you can yeah. li- you can just pop in and um pop in and change it tweak it see what's working see what's not turn it off you know, you, yeah. you, if you just kind of go, actually, no budget, we've we've maxed out this month and um, you can set your parameters, but but you can just turn it off when it's not working, which um, which I think is, is fantastic. And you get instant results. So I turned some ads on on Friday for mm-hmm. for a company I'm working with um, Friday morning, keen to catch the bank holiday, you know, kind of web traffic, social traffic. Mm-hmm. Um by Tuesday morning, they'd gained over 50 followers over the weekend, had some like hard, proper hardcore tangible inquiries as well to say, you know, can we book on this? And you know, can we follow up with that? So which is great. So so some, you know, you, you see and feel the benefits straight away. Yeah. You know, if, if you think about um, print ads, so magazines, newspapers, <laughs> things like that, people just don't spend that much time reading magazines and newsletters anymore you know no. a banner ad great maybe for a bit of branding more, but I think mm. it's more um I guess like with social media in general it's very instant isn't it that's kind of the point of it so Facebook advertising is instant like I don't think that's to say that it under the right circumstances sort of advertising in these papers and magazines and stuff isn't going to work I think it, it does work but you don't it's much harder to sort of um what's the word I'm trying to think of to uh calculate the return on investment for that yeah yeah it's it's sometimes it's one of those things where you need that multi-touch point as well Mm. so you know they can work in in tandem together as well Mm. but also yeah with you know we know from ourselves from some of the advertising that we do for green and brother that Mm. it work it does work but it does take a while sometimes to get those sort of inquiries back whereas if someone's got a link there that they can click that can be more instant but then that longer term sort of um, feed of information through a series of ads um, can can also work still as well. But it, it's got to be done in the right way, and it you know the the message has still got to be right, whichever medium to, you know you choose. You've been a, a sucker for a, a feed of email marketing campaigns, haven't you, Mark? Sorry, say that again. Sorry, I said you've been a sucker for a feed of email marketing campaigns, haven't you? Well, you know, you've got to. South Africa. <laughs> Well, yeah, but, uh, yeah. 
For those who don't know, Mark and I are big rugby fans, and we we're going on the we're taking Green Umbrella on tour next year, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking we, we could do live lunch from South Africa. Oh my gosh, you actually uh, uh, live lunch international? That would be great. We're gonna do you it. need to get t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to tour t-shirts. Yeah, Green you know Umbrella what on tour. What goes on tour stays on tour. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, we are quite excited about this. And yes, we were suckers for the email marketing that came through and promoted it, weren't we? Yeah. And, and I was looking I was looking yesterday when I got my emails that basically as soon as that email came through, I knew that the, the packages I was looking for was on sale. So it was like get in there quick. It was almost a trending product moment for Emily. Trending product. It was, like, it was like, Heidi, quick, come on, we need to book now. Do we want this one? Let's go. Oh my gosh. Now you understand like why I get so affected by trending products. <laughs> I am definitely a and scarcity. That's another um, you know, so trending products is the, the sort of psychology behind um yeah, marketing, things that being, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, limited when it says um only one of these. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, oh my gosh, I need that. <laughs> buy now, buy now, buy now. Yeah. And, and just, just for Chris Lambert online, obviously he knows that I'm not a Tigers fan and Amanda is not a Tigers fan either, so it's all good. No, you're insane yeah. fan. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, enough yes, of rugby. Yeah, we could probably do a whole live lunch on rugby, but I don't think that yeah. would be. That's not what people are here for, is it? We'll, we'll save that till next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else this week? What's what's in marketing news? What have we picked up? What have we seen? I know Emily, you had um, saw something interesting about Twitter. Yes, I did. Now I might need to. I've sort of read, read up on it a little bit. Um, but basically, what it's been saying is that Twitter is working on making uh, the the platform more inclusive. I guess so to for people with disabilities and that type of thing, so that it's easier for them to access and and to use. Um, so they mentioned, or they sort of renounced, I guess not mentioned, uh, back in June about uh, voice note or voice tweets, mm -hmm. um, which we haven't really seen sort of uh, gain that much momentum, really. I don't think I've seen a couple, and I think it's a brilliant idea, but for some reason, I don't know that it hasn't really picked up. Um, but they're now sort of putting a, a heavier focus on accessibility in general. So um, as far as I'm aware from, from what I've read, uh, they're, they're sort of creating two accessibility teams. So one of those is going to be working on sort of external factors and the other one is going to be working on internal factors. Um, they're going to garner or get a little feedback from people with disabilities as to where they can improve their platform in order to make it more accessible. Um, and they're also working on automated captions for sort of videos and that type of thing, um, which to be fair in the article, it did mention that they are quite behind on that in comparison to other social media platforms. So um, I think Facebook released that in 2016, I think, um, and LinkedIn, I think it said they did something similar last year. Mm -hmm. um, so they are a little bit behind on that. But I think it's it's, it's good that they're focusing on that, but yes, I do feel, in my personal opinion, that it's probably something that they should have already been looking at, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, now they have the team, so hopefully, but I think the idea they were sort of saying in the in the article is that they have a they have these two teams, and then they have people from different sectors within Twitter or different I don't know sections. Mm. Um, so at every single meeting, whether it's sort of a product meeting or, or something like that, they're going to have or an update meeting, they're going to have someone representing 
that team in that meeting. So there's always going to be sort of a voice there sort of bringing it back to, to make sure that it is accessible for everyone. Good. Because um, they, they yeah. do, yeah, they say that, you know, from a diversity, a DNI point of view, diversity and inclusivity point of view, that needs to have a seat at the table. You know, so whether yeah. it's a senior management table, boardroom table, um, you know, they need to have a seat at the table and be be able to contribute and, and you know, flag because it's, it's just not on everyone's radar all the time. No, I think as I'm probably guilty for it in that I think, oh, well, obviously the Twitter, they, they should have thought about it before. But I think when you when it comes to social media, when I think of accessibility, I think of more of uh, sort of accessibility to sort of buildings and um, events and mm. that type of thing. I don't necessarily think of it as uh, being sort of user friendly for social media platforms and that type of thing. And obviously Facebook, like I said, have sort of already looked into that and are working on that and, and LinkedIn have been doing something similar. But I think it's important, well, it's, it's always been important, but it's especially important now to make sure that that everything is accessible to everyone. Mm. Sort of, I know, Amanda, you're very interested in sort of inclusivity yes. and all that and all that sort of thing. And I think it, it is important. It's good they're doing it, like I said. It's good they've obviously picked up on it. But I do think that is something that they should have done before, really. Mm. I think it's, I think it's, I mean, it's 2020. They should have really thought about yes, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. You're right. They're kind of, kind of keeping up with the Joneses. But you know, well, you should have been doing it anyway. You know, this this shouldn't be yeah. used. But um, <clears throat> if they're going to position themselves as as being experts on it, then that's that's no bad thing. No, um, you're right. Auto captions do come through. So um, this video, when <clears throat> certainly when it goes out on Facebook, it does have it does have auto subtitles on it. Because if I have to watch it back to check, you know, timestamps or something we've said, um, yeah. I can see sometimes I think, oh, we, we need to enunciate more because um, it's, it's not always that accurate. So um, no, uh, the auto captures on. So if we tools that we recommend for subtitles, I know uh, one that our go to is something called Rev.com for subtitles. Um, do you guys know of any others or do you, do you prefer any others or is Rev <coughs> um, a go to for you? I think yeah I haven't actually used any others to be honest I think I think that was probably yeah it's a good one and it's accurate I think as well yeah. so it's a small you pay a small fee so if you're doing a video um it transcribes it for you but you don't have to you know go in and edit loads of it yeah Whereas no. I've noticed the auto captions aren't hugely accurate accurate but um yeah I from think, a di diversity oh, and inclusivity point of view it's it's yeah hugely important if you're not thinking that way now in 2020 you absolutely should yeah exactly I think it's good they're doing it and it's good that they've sort of made an announcement about it and they're sort of showing people they are being proactive um <laughs> but yeah Sub I think title. they yeah, I is, I think that, is that a is that a joke or is that a platform <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the, the name of a of an actual platform um it's limited to 20 minutes on video, though, Paul says. So, uh, okay. yeah, so if people aren't a big fan of Rev, they, Rev, sorry, it's REV, they could use something called Subtitle. Um, I know there's others out there as well, so I'm sure people uh, people can, can express a preference. But, um, you know, from an SEO point of view, so search engine op optimization point of view, um, it's good to have accessibility on there as well. So, you know, if you're not, if you're not thinking from an uh, you know inclusivity point of view let's bring make sure everyone can see everything mm. even if you're just thinking in kind of a cynical way from a business development point of view 
having all these multiple touch points and and you know kind of adding things like um alt tags on images for example mark um yeah, that's you know that's a positive effect on your seo doesn't it so making sure you're ranked higher on google yeah yeah i mean it's still still searchable on there so any anything that's relevant um like that can def definitely help get things picked up so you know always add that in so if you've got a wordpress site then you can add that in on on the images when you're uploading them and i'm sure you know on other platforms you've got you've got a space to add that alt tag in so it can be something descriptive about the image about the article it's attached to um just make sure it's you know something relevant really mm. yeah so the alt tag basically tells so if someone's visually impaired it will tell them what the photo is of so it's like you know screen readers it can tell them what the image is showing um, but equally, you're telling Google what it is as well. So it's kind of, again, another, um, you know, keywords or relevant things to get in there, which which signposts to Google what you're talking about and uh, and other search engines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Um, so that sort of, I suppose, segues talking about websites and branding. Um, I know something else that's popped up for us this week is, you know, we've been talking about branding quite a bit. Um, you know, people coming back, maybe thinking about kind of their brand story, how they position themselves. We've done a lot of websites. Or we, you, have done a lot of websites, Mark, over... Um, over oh, we have. <laughs> We've done loads. So. To be fair, I've, I've copywritten for a lot since, uh, since March. It's a, it's a team effort. Yeah, yeah always, always a team effort. Um, but in that time, we have seen some howlers for branding, haven't we? Yeah, I think I think the thing is, I was I was bizarrely I was thinking about something earlier before you even mentioned about this, oh. and it's and it's thinking about sometimes people get caught in a, a, a sort of trap of of thinking about what they want and not necessarily what they need when oh. it comes to a brand. So the brand has got to be personal, you know, for, especially for smaller companies, and they've got to like that brand and buy into the, the visual brand and the whole element of it. But also on the visual side of things, it's got to be something that actually represents the the company, the sector, whatever you know, the feel of different things. Um, so yeah, we've seen a few a few different things like that. I mean, I've seen loads over the years um, where you know it, it it just doesn't work for people, and you've got mm. to try and uh, you know coax people into thinking actually, you know, if this is the reason why you wouldn't do that, but you would do this. But we, we, we've had other clients as well, though, that, you know, they've had that realisation themselves. So, you know, we've, we've had a client that were, they are a female-led business, but they realised that their brand, when they set up, was actually too soft, too almost female for their market. So it wasn't a major thing to just change that, but it was just tweaking colours, tweaking fonts and, and sort of imagery to actually then more represent you know the market that they're they're selling themselves into so that was quite a nice nice easy one to do but sometimes it you know people do sort of start out especially maybe start to do things themselves don't quite understand what they're doing and then they come down the line and it's like you know two three years down the line and they've got to have a rebrand so i always think it's it's not always possible because everyone hasn't got big budgets mm -hmm. but to try and you know from the very start if you've got that budget to think about it is try and get it right from the off so get think get you know get the the building blocks in place and then you know let everything else work from there so you know do you do your you know your brand values and what you want to express 
um, look at the visual side of things, look at the logo design, look at the sort of typefaces you want to use, think about consistency. That's the that's one of my bugbears. Yeah. So someone will have a, a lovely website, but it actually looks nothing like anything else that they do. So you'll go onto LinkedIn and there'll be a, a page on LinkedIn that doesn't match or they'll hand you a business card. And again, there'll be a different font, different color. And it's like that, those kind of things that sort of, you know, we're always looking out to sort of try and help people with really. Mm. I think yeah. something that, that we've spoken about, Mark, isn't it? About sort of having different shades or different tones within possibly a logo and the branding so that where it basically gives you more flexibility going forwards, I guess, sort of. I guess how you explained it to me is that say for instance you want to take a, a, a specific specific tone or color from that logo and obviously still keep the same font and it still works with the brand it's still obvious it's linked to that brand it's just it gives you more freedom I guess to sort yeah. of play around with it yet still have the consistency there. Yeah I mean obviously we we do that for ourselves really so when yeah. we designed the very first iteration of the 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 GU logo um it was obviously green and, and sort of orange but then um we've sort of as we've sort of diversified we've added more sort of complementary colors to that so that we can then use those in, in different situations so we might have a, a, a purple background on the green umbrella logo for when it's representing the, the coaching side of things or, or training but it's still very much recognizable as the green umbrella logo the typeface is still the same shape is still the same but it's still part of that brand, but it is a different iteration of that logo. So if you, some people might, um, they again, they perhaps get a bit hung up about saying, having a, um, a white version of the logo that can be used on a, a dark color or something, but those kind of things give you flexibility if you've got that within the, within the logo design itself to be able to use things across a wide range of, you know, sort of applications. So it's again, thinking about from the very start, it's it's hard to imagine how things obviously expand over a number of years, but if you can get things in place, um, you know you can think about how how things can be used on various sort of platforms. So we always think about, you know, obviously my first thing is always print, so it's got to work in print. Um, for a lot of people, obviously it's got to work online, so that would be a website or on social media. Think about how it works as an avatar on social media. So, you know, we, you might have a, a lovely logo, but it's a long, thin logo that doesn't translate to avatars on mm. social medias. So is there a way of taking a part of that logo to make that into an avatar? Um, and also mm. things like clothing for a lot of people, especially for brands, you know, it's got to work on that kind of thing. So, you know, if you're a retail or, or even us, you know, we have sort of branded clothing and things. So again, when when things are designed, things can't be, you know, designed in a way that won't work in all those different sort of manners, really. But we've yeah. sort of diversified from brand to, to sort of a, a print print sort of thing there. And, but it, but it's all, to me, it's all relevant and all part of the, the thought process anyway. I think it's important, like you said, I mean, obviously not everybody has the budget, but for me personally, if I was to start up a new business, I'd want to really focus on the branding and everything from the beginning so that you don't have to have that rebrand like two or three years down the line I think it's important to and to have that like you said to make sure that that is something that you can sort of use on different platforms and something that's going to work across social media and clothing um yet still linked to the brand I think if you can 
obviously I'm a bit biased, but I think it's budget worth spending if you're gonna, if you have that budget there, I think it's worth investing in that because if you don't have a good brand and you don't have a, a good logo or a good website, then you're not really, in my opinion, getting off to the best start. It's not gonna give the best um, impression. impression. Yeah, impression. absolutely. It's I the foundations, I... isn't it? You know, and if you do not have those foundations in place, yeah, everything you build on top will just fall down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it makes it more difficult, I, I think, because of Mark said, if you don't have that sort of expertise there or even that a little bit of knowledge, like I, obviously Mark's our, our expert here, but we all have like a little bit of knowledge about branding. And if we don't, obviously we can go to Mark. So we do have um, sort of some information about it. And I, I can sort of look at a logo and a brand and sort of see if I think that if it's consistent, if it works well, I can see if I think it's going to work across different platforms. Um, and I think sort of, I don't know, if somebody has that knowledge as, an, as a customer, if I see a brand, two, two companies sort of providing the similar services, one has a very consistent professional looking brand and the other one doesn't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be naturally more drawn to the, to the company that I think looks more professional from the beginning. It, it is one of those things, it, it, that, that's a visual thing and people are drawn to do mm. certain things and obviously that's part of marketing it doesn't unfortunately it doesn't mean to say that you know one is better than the other in terms of whatever service is being delivered but if yeah. you're trying to sell yourself yeah, exactly. you, you've you've got to have those sort of things in place you know like you say if you you know you saw something from one company that was doing exactly the same thing but you know um it's been you know prof professionally designed they've got you know nice color schemes logos etc nice imagery and then you know something that's perhaps just been printed in black and white on a photocopier what yeah. what, what is going to sway you you know to, to to actually go and use that company you know that's probably an extreme sort of example but you know those little sort of subtleties you know mm. um that you know people don't necessarily think about it. they think well i've got to get my name out there i've got to do this but actually sometimes just take a bit of time and get it right and we, we had one the other week where to be fair the client had changed their mind at the very last minute in terms of an element of their brand including the logo and but they said no actually i want to get this right before we launch it and yeah. you know they would it was the right thing to do in the end we'd spent a lot of time on the other stuff and they actually appreciated that but to then, right, okay, actually, we want to change some bits on that, change it so it's ready and right for when we when we launch. And, you know, they were happy. And now they've got, you know, they've got the, you know, the brand and the company that they want to promote. I think it's an important point about taking your time because a lot of people, when they do set up a new business or there's a new startup and they think they're obviously really excited, really passionate, they just want to get it going. And therefore, sometimes they might skip corners on, on that sort of thing just to get it out there because they think, oh, I need to because start making these sales. I just need to get something out. But sometimes it is worth just taking that step back and thinking, is everything actually ready? Is everything going to look professional? Is everything going to be on brand? Are we ready to launch? Are we ready to launch this? And obviously, in that instance, they weren't. They know they realise themselves that they, they weren't quite ready. But um, mm. I think it's important. I think it's, it's definitely something. Maybe again, because I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm learning from Mark. I'm all into this stuff now. <laughs> so I'm like that's rubbish. <laughs> but yeah. no, I think it's I think it's important. I I do. I think if, if something doesn't look professional, then I'm I'm automatically drawn away from it a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I don't think you'd be alone in that. You know, uh, there's there's a lot to be said for uh, what we call reassurance marketing, isn't there? So, mm. um, and again, I think well, Christina and I were talking offline about how she'd had a conversation with someone who said, I don't actually think you need to necessarily have a website now because, you know, if you put in Google, you'll come up with uh, maybe your LinkedIn company page, your Facebook page, company's house, uh, and we were both like, well, that's ludicrous. That's just a baseline. You know, yeah. from a reassurance point of view, it's expected now for companies, if they're going to look professional, to have a website, to have a Facebook page, whether they actively market through it. In the same way, our, our approach to Instagram at Green Umbrella is we are expected to be on there because of the work that we do. But we don't have the time, resource or inclination really to do proactive marketing through it. We use it, we promote and we, we engage with people, but we don't spend hours on Instagram. No, I think um, like, as Christina sort of says, it's like our main target audience isn't on Instagram. Mm. Our main target audience is sort of Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. And that's that's therefore where we spend the majority of our time. Yeah. But as you said, we are a social media, we're a marketing agency. So we are expected to be on Instagram. Yeah. Therefore, we use it, but we don't have as much of a I guess strategy behind that mm. as we maybe would on on Facebook or LinkedIn yeah, yeah. so we've had um uh Arian uh, Arian Arian I'm I hope I'm getting the pronunciation right there um saying that the brands that we create um have to work at any size in any medium that's the new standard mm. and that's true I suppose you know and Mark when you're doing um you're doing design work though there is a lot to think you know you, what you were just saying there's so much to think about yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily, you know, that's why why people use a designer, they use their marketing team or use a third party like us, because they need to focus on the day to day. So it's, it's kind of our job or the marketer's job to ask the right questions and know that you can translate that design or be able to say that's just not going to work or those colours don't work or that logo looks awful. It is, yeah, it's and it, it's thinking about some of the practical things, like we said about that. Like, like Arian said about different sizes and different mediums and then it's thinking about you know we've all seen logos with you know very small text on which you know perhaps work online again you know on a website you can you can do stuff but again if you try and print it on a business card it's you know it's illegible so mm. it's it's thinking about those those practical things as well uh, I mean I used to get bogged down with it years ago I used to be a right geek with you know what font sizes should be used and and all that sort of thing but i still think about it because you know it's 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 thinking about what what the end product is going to look like um and it is it fit for purpose at the end of the day so yeah. you know you know you can have certain things that look amazing but they don't actually work mm, so yeah. it's it has to be a combination of both when it comes to like the visual visual identity and things like that yeah and that visual yeah. identity and branding um, there needs to be a, a message to market match, I suppose. So that the image that you're putting out there has to match the, you know, your target audience and the audience that you're serving. Yeah. Because okay, they um, can be quite different, can't they? So, you know, if, sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, it's just something that just popped into my mind. But one of my mates shared something on Instagram the other day and he he's not a designer or anything, but he, he obviously knows the score. And it was... Um, uh it was a photo of a, a sign that someone had printed out in an office somewhere uh and stuck on a door for some reason and, it, and the sign had been printed in everyone or every designer's favorite font comic sans 
which should only be used very sparingly and in certain circumstances. But then someone had actually scrawled on this this note uh, a note onto this sign saying, "We're a Fortune 500 company, not not a crash. Do not yeah. use Comic Sans." Yeah. So so it's again thinking about what is representative of your your yeah. company and sector. You know what you do, etc. Yeah. Um, I just have to share this comment as well in speech marks that Mark said <laughs> yes. he used to be a right geek in quotation marks. So, okay, all right, yeah. Uh, we still love you, Mark. Geek or not geek. You've all got a bit of geekery around us. Um, I think I think you've got to have a bit of geekery in our game. Yes, exactly. The, um, the branding thing, as you say, it needs to work. So, you know, we... Uh, you know the green umbrella brand we've got our we've got our giraffe we've got our bright colors that really works for us it wouldn't necessarily work if we were a, you know an agency that niched in corporate services or financial supply or cybersecurity or something like that yeah. you know um and we're lucky that we we've, we've worked with and are working with some people who've got a lovely brand and thread that's running through it um uh, but one thing that's also made us have a bit of a chuckle this week is some unfortunate typos and designs as well. Um, so I just had to share um, some that I'd seen. So because you can get the branding right, but if you've got an unfortunate typo in there as well, it, it really lets it down. And I'm sure people have seen these. Some of them are, are what they call NSFW, so not suitable for work. <laughs> so if you do want a bit of a giggle, um, offline people i would say go and go and google unfortunate logo mistakes so wasn't, i don't think i can share them but some of them some you of them just reminded really... me amanda wasn't there was one that jane got um i can't again i don't think it was suitable for this but it was very rude and it was something they put something in the in the header or it cut off something in the header of the email it was um it was some hands it was some hands holding some soil oh right and i can't remember what it looked like but you couldn't tell you couldn't <laughs> tell because we all kind of were looking at it and looking at it from different angles going i just i just that is why yeah. it's important to proofread and then proofread yeah. again and, yeah. let's, <laughs> and, and let someone else look at it always yeah. yeah always so let me just share with you a couple and I'd be really interested to hear if anybody watching has made um, an embarrassing mistake in uh, you know in their marketing left out a word anything like that so I'm going to share my screen hang on one second there we go so we've got a few here and um, some of them aren't typos some are just bad grammar so we've got a quite high profile one from Reebok not everything needs to be done in a New York minute. I just don't understand how people can miss this. I'm sorry, but there must have been more than one person checking that. And to me, I think that's so obvious. And to then print it, that looks like a billboard. Yeah, like, looks how like did nobody the, notice it? The tube uh, wasn't. Yeah, underground metro, whatever it would be yeah. if it's in if it's in the states. Um, I mean, the imagine more snacks than you can imagine is just. Well, it's unimaginable, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's not a typo, but it's just kind of, cripes come up with something more um, creative. But again, and this one, ASOS, this was quite pro, a high profile one. Um, yeah. And I'm surprised you didn't know about this, Emily. Not that I'm saying that it's right up your street. But... I'm a fashionista. And I also love trending products. Exactly. <laughs> no, to be fair, I didn't. Because you showed, you showed me this just before we went online, didn't we? Yeah. Or went live, sorry. And um, I didn't know about that. And I'm... I'm shocked and disappointed. 
So, but they printed, you know, I think it was about 20,000 of these bags and packaging. Um, and again, I think a lot of it comes down to how you handle it afterwards. So, yeah. you know, what did the brand do? So they almost turned those for ASOS, turned them into collectibles. Yeah. So I'm going to stop yeah. sharing my that, screen. They had, um, you that, you, that, you that could have had one, Emily, and you didn't know. <laughs> I might have, to be fair. It's probably likely. Um, that reminds me, Amanda. There was a jumper this Christmas in Fat Face, I want to say. And the jumper looked, had sort of bubbles on it, which um, looked a bit rude. Anyway, they, they, they dealt with that very well. They, they sent out an email, I believe, because um, uh, Jane, of course, Jane gets the emails. <laughs> <laughs> um, they sent out an email, I believe, basically sort of making a joke out of it. And mm. they, they just played to it and it worked really well for them. So it was, yeah. got them in sort of, it got them quite a lot of media attention, really. So it did yeah. work well. So they sort of managed to turn something that could have been really embarrassing around into something that was probably quite beneficial for them because a lot of people were talking about it. Mm. I, I went in and I, I didn't go in on purpose but I did go in and I saw it and then I was telling my partner about it yeah it was, so it, was it creates funny. yeah it creates yeah, a, a bit conversation and, yeah, yeah exactly so I think as you said it's if you make these mistakes it's how you deal with them and you can yeah, turn it around yeah. and, and like ASOS yeah. did yeah they, yeah I and I think it's well the amount of companies um and you know, I've I think I've had I've had a, a brochure that was sent to me by an agency I used many years ago in a in a in a role I was doing, um, who leave the L out of uh, public. So you know, <laughs> very you know, public events that people are going to or they're making a public announcement. It has a very different meaning when you leave that all important L out. <laughs> so uh, and I don't think they'll be the first to do it and I'm sure they won't be the last as well so oh yeah so I think our message is with branding you know speak to a pro and wording for goodness sake get it proofread get as, many <laughs> get as many eyeballs as you possibly can yeah I think so definitely to avoid that and if you do make a mistake just try and turn it around and yeah, Thank make you. light of it. Make yeah, of it. I mean, sometimes it's a contextual mistake, isn't it? Brands will put an ad out that just misses the mark or leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Whether again, whether that's from a, you know, they've missed a political statement. Um, so Pepsi had quite a high profile one a couple of years ago, but if it's a typo like that or you know genuine error, you you can turn it into a positive. Yeah. So if you're clever about it. If yeah, absolutely. Thanks to Amanda for top yeah. tips. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, if you fancy a bit of a bit of a giggle after this, um go go look at unfortunate logo errors. So um or uh another one that always used to make me laugh was uh website addresses that could be read in, in different ways that were quite fun. So um oh, yeah. pen a company that sold a lot of promotional pens. So uh their company was called Pen Island. So just just imagine that written down. Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think we should wrap this yeah. up. <laughs> think, think about adding, adding a hyphen into your URL. Absolutely, oh. yes. So there's yeah. a lot. There is a lot to think about when it comes to branding and design. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, any more for any more guys? Anything we need to add? I don't think so. No, no. I think no. we've done a reasonable job. Hopefully, Christine will be proud. 
she will be, as if she would be anything but with us. So, <laughs> um, thank you to everybody for joining in and uh, commenting. Thank you to Paul. Thank you to uh, Arian and people on LinkedIn who watched. Um, join us again next week. We'll be here twelve o'clock as usual on Facebook and on Christine's LinkedIn profile. Um, we'll be back. We'll be back with um, with more of the gang, uh, hopefully a mystery guest next week as well. So keep looking at our stream to find out who will be joining us same time next Thursday. And we'll yeah. see you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.